welcome to our 41st episode of Breaking Bread with C on Relentless Pursuit. Last time, I was very provoked to talk about intelligent worship and everything that goes into that. And if you have not listened to episode 40, I think it would be great because it builds up again on what I was uh, going to share today. What I'm sharing today builds up on what I shared last time. And it's been the case for those of you who have been listening to this podcast continuously. And I believe that the Lord is using it to bless many of you and others who are yet to come. So um, in the previous episode, I talked about Um, idol worship and how today the modern believer actually does not know how to recognize the fine line that is between idol worship and godly worship. And um, in Hebrews 4.12, the Bible talks about the, the the word of God being sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, I want to explain a little bit what it means that the word of God is double-edged. So, Satan, when he was still in heaven, he was a cherub, not just any angel, a cherub, what you would call today one of the guys in in the inner circle, you know. Um, if you think about these presidents or these kings or um, these people that have been exalted in the systems of the world according to their status and their work and what they do or who they are, um, they always have this person in their inner circle. You will see like people who have been somebody's bodyguard for like 40 years or 20 years. So they trust them. Some of them end up in relationships with them. Some of them end up in adultery with them. Some end in such a connection that it can easily turn into intimacy um, when they're like opposite sex or someone is not happy in their marriage. You get the drill. I'm not here to teach about the nitty gritties of Hollywood and the likes but Satan was a cherub so he was among those people who are close to God who know how the systems of the kingdom of God work so that's why when you see Satan tempting people in the word when he tempts Jesus he uses scripture when he is attacking you as a believer he uses devices that are crafted to attack who you are in the realm of the spirit he uses things that touch what exactly god wants to do in you because he understands how it works now it's very unfortunate that many believers actually think that satan is after the things that are inconsequential to god and yet that is exactly what he is looking for because the further he gets you from your master the more he his goal is achieved because everything that he does looks good in the beginning, but then it ends in the sea. So now when we talk about the word of God being double-edged, it means that it has the power to swing back and forth in both spirits. That means in the realm of the Holy Spirit, where the activities of what God desires to teach, give, and equip you with are, and also the kingdom of Satan, which is what Jesus went and disarmed. The Bible says he made a public spectacle of that kingdom when he died and rose again after three days. So you have to understand that 
the word of God, if misinterpreted, it goes on the other edge of the sword. It can easily look good in things that are deceiving. It can easily sound convincing in the things that are deceiving. And if it is interpreted with the counsel of the Holy Spirit, then it is able to redeem. It is able to correct. This is the danger of people who rejoice in hearing what God has to say to them when it sounds good and coddling and comforting, but they are unable to receive what he has to say when it comes to correction, to redirection, to killing your plans or putting a halt on them and redirecting you in the right path when you had been deceived or been compromising in the path that you were led into in the first place. And so just because something has gone well, you've gotten a promotion at work, you've gotten something you were waiting for, and then you say, thank you, Jesus, does not necessarily mean that, hey, automatically it's a blessing from God. No, God is patterned and principled. So things go in the beginning, in the preparation. There's an amazing minister who's been having um, a great series on the modernization of witchcraft. I recommend that you watch that, Pastor Stephanie and she explained very well how um the, the 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 kingdom of satan does not look to develop you it does not want to come to you when you are still in the stages that need to be trimmed and changed and dealt with no he takes you when you're already at a certain standing and you can read from the book of daniel um, chapter 1 verse 3 to 8 you will find the reference they take people who are already well established she gave a wonderful example um, in Hollywood, how if you are being invited to become a model, for example, you already must have the looks for it. You must have a certain weight, a certain height, a certain size, a certain waist, a certain um, foot size. There's all those requirements, how your face is supposed to be shaped and whatnot. And then they're going to work with that. They're going to put you on the necessary stages. They're going to give you the necessary clothing, the necessary agents the necessary contacts and then you're going to become somebody but God is different God is on the other side of the spectrum God is interested in maturing you in growing you in helping you understand the process in which things happen so that once you are fully mature in that aspect you are able not just to profit others, teach others who want to get there, but you're also able to retrieve it should there be any occasion in life where you have lost it. What does this mean in simpler terms? If we look on the side of Hollywood, like I just explained, there's already a finished work that has to be established in you. Certain looks you must already have, a certain standing you must already have. Now, when it comes to um, working with you half the work is already done and so deception is gonna follow through when now you lose those things which were already granted to you you don't know the process that went into god creating you the way you look today you don't know how you 
have a flat stomach if you found yourself like that if you've never eaten healthy that way there are people who eat all the time and they don't gain weight just as there are people who eat in an undisciplined way for three months and they gain all the weight you can imagine so you don't know what goes into making your body that way but god knows and so with satan it starts looking good that way and you say holy jesus thank you praise god i got this opportunity this is favor this is what but it's based on something that's already there it's preset you don't know the pattern to retrieve it when you will need it another time and so if you ever lose it you don't know the way back and that industry is going to betray you it's going to send you away it's going to find people who are where you were when you were found the first time now when we look on the side of god he takes a person who stammers like Moses and then begins to instruct him in everything that he is going to do. He takes a person who was in the world, who was in the adult industry, by that I mean prostitution or um or those strippers and anything you can imagine, turn their story, deals with them, hides them for a time teaches them how to lose appetite for all those things that were gripping their hearts makes them a mother or a father makes them a husband or a wife to a respected spouse or a past a spouse that loves them that respects them that honors them and then changes their story from head to toe now keep in mind all those things are a process they take time they take work they take tears they take patience they take trust they take complete reliance on the person of the holy spirit to accomplish what god has destined in you it does not change that it happened the moment god spoke it but there's a process in aligning your mortal body that is ensnared by sin into that vision that god has for you now once this person is totally transformed then tomorrow they might be preaching the gospel worldwide filling stadiums and crusades and whatnot just as they might never stand on the pulpit but be very fruitful christians in their neighborhood be very fruitful christians in their homes be very fruitful christians to all their friends there are people who die and when you hear the stories that people are telling about them you feel like this is a saint who lived amongst you literally and that is exactly what the work of god uh, brings forth so when we talk about that being double-edged it is those two senses in which we speak it and i want to talk about the boundaries of freedom the boundaries of the world will always take you into more captivity one of um one of my um most preferred teachers of the gospel uh once shared about Uh, the difference between bondage and captivity so he explained how bondage is if for example you have um you are bound on your hands you know you are bound on your hands and you have handcuffs and maybe you're bound with your feet then you are in bondage because you are not allowed to move or do certain things because of how incapacitated you are by those handcuffs and 
captivity on the other hand is you could be unbound in your hands you could have no handcuffs on your hands you could have nothing tying your feet and you're able to move around and do what you must do but perhaps you are that free in your body in a house where you cannot get out when you please in a house where you cannot get outside and get some sun get some air or go to the supermarket to buy something or go and visit a friend so you are locked up in a house but in that house you can sleep you can shower you can cook you can watch tv you can sit down you can stand up you can sleep you can do whatever you want you are free but you are encaptivated you are captivated into that place you are in captivity that's those are the two differences now the boundaries of freedom are the boundaries offered by god where you are free in your heart and in your spirit there is nothing you hold on to to a point where you would even be willing to die for it unless it is of god unless it is about god and that's the example that we see throughout the life of daniel he is brought to the king's table he is brought into royalty he is brought into all that glitz and glamour and yet he refuses to receive it in that sense because he reasons by the help of the spirit that if this food is given to idols the food in itself has no problem but the intention of offering it to idols has defiled the food and if i eat it i am coming into agreement with the logic of those who defiled it by offering it to idols so he he was if you ask me today i'd say that man was thinking in 5d <laughs> you know he was living in a time that was way ahead of himself and yet he was a man of the old testament who was only operating from a relationship that he had with god but also from the spirit of the lord coming upon him which is not your story today as a new as a new testament believer as a born again believer who has the spirit of god inside of you telling you this is the way walking in so the boundaries of the world will tell you um you are free to do this you're free to live your truth you're free to be who you think you want to be you're free to wear what you think you want to wear you're free to do a b c d but in reality you're held in captive because all those things once they come together they make no sense they will never sustain you they carry no pattern they carry no principle you're not able to retrieve anything you lose because in the first place you gained it in a fast forward way you gained it in what we call today the microwave generation that wants things done now and now like i want it now and i have it now and that's different now when the boundaries of god now provide freedom in the sense that Oh, you realize these things have no hold on you. Tomorrow you have some money, tomorrow you don't. 
and you don't feel like it's the end of the world. You trust that you carry the author of time in you. You carry the presence of the most living God in you, who is the author of all riches, who is the author of all abundance. And because he lives in you, these things will naturally find their way back because he will teach you into getting it. So the boundaries of God, in as much as they will tell you, hey, I don't think it is good for you to do this. And by the way, God does not force himself. I like to say that he does not give himself undesired. So he will not force you to do something. I remember this one time, this particular time, um, there was a great concert, gospel concert to begin with. And I was planning to go with a couple friends and everything. And I remember very vividly that I did not consult the Lord on that. That was one of the rare moments in my life where I just did something because time was there, tickets were there. Um, I was in position to do it, absolutely. There was nothing holding me back. And on top of that, it was a gospel concert. So I did not put any thought into it. And if the Spirit nudged me at any point, I must have been too distracted to hear him. Again, remember, he's gentle. And I remember walking into that arena exactly at the time I walk in, the moment I took my seat, I heard the Holy Spirit as vividly as you can hear me right now. And he said, I'm not here and you should not be either. And I remember I was so grieved because I felt like, oh my God, I would have avoided this all through even before I got here. You see, it's a gospel concert, yes, but God searches the hearts of people. God searches the intentions of men. He is not bound by what you think or what I think. He is bound by the things he sees ahead, by the things he sees when he weighs the heart of a man. So he did not reveal to me why exactly he was not part of a concert that was quote-unquote otherwise supposed to be worshiping him. But there comes a time where even those who serve God somewhere their priorities get mixed up somewhere they compromise in one way or another and then in that moment they become um they become a nuisance to the realm of the spirit or the spirit of the lord does not back them it does not vindicate what they're doing because their hearts are not aligned with the purposes and the boundaries of god which give freedom when you look at um passages like Colossians 4 6 he will tell you let your speech be always with grace seasoned with salt that they may know that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man a passage like this will restrain you from speaking angrily even if you are right to do so someone has wronged you someone just took a wrong turn on the road and you almost knocked them and it's their mistake you don't yell right there and then and yet you are right to do so because this person just wronged you but the lord is telling you let your speech always be with grace so you have to restrain yourself by the power of the holy spirit not to answer to that situation even if it seems like the best thing to do so now that's a boundary 
but it gives you more freedom because then you keep what is most important and that's the relationship you have with your God that demands of you to have grace in a situation that seemingly deserves no kind of grace. And when you when you hear um, Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger same situation i just demonst- i mean i just illustrated when you um, respond in a way that was not expected even by that who that person who is receiving it they did not expect you to respond in kindness because they acted in folly you get what i mean so all these things show you that the way of god is that is never going to be in agreement with the way of man, which is the way of Satan, because Satan is the prince of this world. And that's the way of the world. That's why we refer to it (laughs) as the way of the world. So I was very, very much urged in my spirit to come and share this with you, that you may understand that the boundaries of God give you freedom. There are boundaries that not only set you free from the handcuffs on your legs or on your hands, but they also set you free from that captivity that does not allow you to leave a place even if you seem to be free in that place. There are the things that will catapult you even into the next um, season of your life, the next promotion. Today you might receive a great, great promotion, good money, good benefits, everything that is good for your family or for yourself as an individual and then the lord says don't take this why because you might work in that position one two three four five six years and you are thriving and everything is good and on the sixth year an opportunity comes and that opportunity requires some kind of compromise and once it does you think of how far you've come you think of the car you purchased you think of the house mortgage you have you think of the benefits and the medical hospitals that this job has given you, the connections and the networks that it has brought about in the last five years, and then you begin to imagine that there is no way you can do without that. And once you start to think that there is no way you can do without that, the compromise is blurred. And before you know it, you're already compromised. And you know, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Everything that Satan will lead you to do will always start nicely. It will never start badly. Satan will never, never throw you into a situation by terrorizing you. Never. He will always entice you. He will always lure you. He will always draw you in a way that speaks to you. That's the wisdom that Satan has. That's what makes him distinctive. The angels that slept with the daughters of men and defiled them, they were killed completely and they were held in bondage until the day of of judgment. They were expelled. But Satan is still here because he understands certain of the ways and principles and patterns that heaven works. And because God is not a man to lie, neither does he deny himself. He cannot go 
against his word, even when it touches Satan. Now, that's a big mystery. It shows you that God is not intimidated that there is evil out here. He's not intimidated by that. He's not scared of that because he's bigger than it. And that's where he's calling you and I to be, to be bigger and above those temptations, even if they're not there. That's why Satan is still roaming around. That's why he has that power that he that he does. But guess what? He's not even that big. You know, God created him. The Bible says that um, every tongue that rises against you, you will condemn. No weapon formed against you shall prosper because I created the, the smith that blows into the coal. What, say, what God is saying is even the Satan who has terrorized you, I'm the one who created him. So if you trust me, exactly like the example I gave last time of the blender and the use of the blender and how if you lived with the person who created the blender, you would not be worried about fixing it if it has an issue. But God is telling you, I created this man. I created this devil that you are sore afraid of. And so if you trust me and rely on me, I am able to give you the necessary uh, devices, the necessary things, weapons that are not carnal to fight this devil that you are afraid of. That's where God is calling you to be. And so child of God, I just wanted to encourage you, to provoke you a little bit, to study the patterns of your life where you have shut your ears to the counsel of God, where you have shut your ears to the ways that God takes you into boundaries that provide you with even more freedom. And just because um, bad things, by lack of a better word, just because calamity has not yet come today when you are deep into your scene, don't think that it's not coming ahead. There are people whom the, the Lord speaks to, sends his prophets, speaks through his vessels, speaks through their pastors, speaks through every kind of thing you can imagine to tell them, hey, don't marry this person. Hey, don't take this job. Hey, don't go into this country. Hey, don't do ABCD. And they go ahead and do it. And their weddings are attended by a multitude of people. There is joy at the wedding. There is no thunder striking the tent so that the wedding is disrupted in one minute. All those things are not there. And they think that, oh, these people were haters. These people did not like my situation. Oh, these people are jealous. And yet, they only spoke under the influence of God. And God was warning you for something that might not happen in your first or tenth year of marriage. But then on your twelfth year, this woman becomes a thorn. This man becomes a thorn. Or they lose their life. All these things, God sees them ahead of time. And the Bible says that he calls the things that are not as though they were. That means he also sees the things that you cannot see yet because he's not bound by time or space. He sees it in your future and he wants to preserve you. That once you get there, he has already folded. That's when we can confidently claim Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight your battles. You only need to be still. Being still is being still in his obedience, in submission to Christ. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you for every single person to whom it is landing into their hearts, Lord. And I pray that this seed will grow, that you will water it, and that they will have the strength in their inner man to go the extra mile. 
to study more, to submit more, to give themselves wholly to the counsel of the Holy Spirit that neither lies nor slumbers. I thank you for who you are. And I thank you, Lord, that there is no word you have spoken that falls to the ground or returns to you void. I thank you that you hear me when I pray. Now to you who is able to do abundantly, exceedingly, and above. We submit this to you and we stretch your tents for more. To the glory of your mighty name, it is so and cannot be otherwise. See you next Monday. Bless a friend with this word. Share it and be blessed by it. Go back to it as many times as you need to. And meditate, ponder on it. The more you keep this word close to your heart, the more it takes effect in you. Because God, remember, is progressive. He teaches you into all wisdom. And the more you stay with it, you might not see it with your eyes, but it's doing a mighty work to the person of your spirit, growing you, transforming you, changing you, and loving you into wholeness and salvation. You're blessed.